Hi, I'm Derek Jensen. This is Resistance Radio on the Progressive Radio Network. My guest today is Graham Linehan, who was born in Dublin. He's the mastermind behind beloved sitcoms Father Ted, The IT Crowd, Black Books, and Motherland. His substack is dedicated to monitoring the extremes of gender identity ideology, and he also co-hosts the highly successful weekly YouTube show, The Mess We're In, which has garnered a remarkable 1.5 million views in just three years. He is also the author of Tough Crowd, How I Made and Lost a Career in Comedy, which was just recently released. So first off, thank you for your work in the world. And second, thank you for being on the program. Thank you, Derek. Always great to see you. You're one of my uh, favorite people in this fight, Derek. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And um, I say this every time we talk, but uh, you absolutely belong in the Comedy Hall of Fame. You're uh, When I saw the IT crowd, I laughed. This is true. I'm not exaggerating at all. I laughed at least as hard as I have since I was a teenager and got introduced to Monty Python. Oh, that's great. I'm delighted to hear it. Yeah. And in fact, you know, that's what, what I've always been going for, that kind of uh, explosive laughter you get when you see that kind of out-of-control, surreal comedy. You know, for me, I don't think there's there's any kind of uh, there's any comedy that, that elicits uh you know that kind of laughter more than those kinds of shows you know uh so yeah so i'm delighted delighted you thought so well and that's that's one of the things i found pretty interesting or extremely interesting about about your new book is that uh i already knew that you were an excellent uh writer for sitcoms and screenwriter and i also knew that you had done journalism but uh i didn't know that you could write a really good book and that feels to me like the different forms of writing uh, use some of the same writing muscles and also use some different writing muscles. And can you, I know that I, I really want to get into gender identity and, and, and courage and censorship and everything else, but can you start with just a couple minutes about which, which were the same writing muscles and which were different ones? Um, gosh, that's a really good question. And I think, I'm not sure I have an easy answer for it. Oh, I could, I, I could, but maybe, maybe answer that by just talking about the process, which was the very, uh, the first thing I had to do was was go through my life and write down in a very kind of um, what I did on my summer holidays way, uh, what what the the basic progression of my life, you know, from childhood to journalism to to comedy, and then to journalism again. Um, and, uh, it kind of bored me because my big, uh, my big, uh, desire was to, you know, vindicate my, myself, you know, and, and restore my good name, which, which, which I still haven't quite done, uh, because there's, there's still a kind of popular idea around that I'm some sort of evil monster and, and, and all this sort of thing. And, you know, I recently had an experience where I, um, uh, someone, uh, a football club has been putting up stickers of me um around uh, or like the fans have anyway uh saying um uh saying you know with a picture of me being punched and stuff like this and when i wrote to complain uh they 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 referenced things like my wikipedia page and stuff like that which which has long been trans rights activist so so the whole kind of uh aim of the book was to vindicate myself and the way i thought i would do that would be by talking about the issue and explaining the issue and being very clear on what uh and when i say the issue i mean the gender issue uh the gender ideology issue 
and being very clear on what my beliefs were, what you know where I was, and all of it, and the fact that it didn't come from hatred of trans people, which is what you're always told, that it was more from uh, uh, a feeling that the things that we were being told were dangerous, not just to women but to children and, and also trans, you know, trans-identified people. Um, so I was desperate to get there. So the original structure of the book flipped between you know these stages of my life and my 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 daily life which is uh which which at the, certainly when I, while I was writing it was very fraught you know I was just desperate to get the news out about how I was being treated and how I was being smeared and defamed and uh and I handed in that first draft uh and they just said it just bounces you out of the book it it makes you um you you want to you want to hear about you know your story in the order that it happened in you don't want to be flipping back and forward through time because it's kind of you know it just stops you from being absorbed so um so i kind of quelled that part of me that impatience to tell my story and i just started uh telling uh this this my story in a very linear way you know and so i just kept kind of um uh, doing that and the longer I did it the more I kind of realized oh hang on a sec I actually do have a story here I've got a good solid uh, rise and fall story you know um, the classic uh, uh, you know rags to riches and or, or rags to riches and back to rags again you know so I thought oh god okay well yeah maybe maybe the, you know as soon as I kind of realized oh I do have an actual great story to tell that's when everything clicked for me and I suddenly realized if I just do that and tell it as well as I possibly can, then I might have something very valuable, you know, because I think uh, over and above everything, stories are, are, are valuable, you know, stories are the things that uh, uh, it's just all about telling stories, you know, and uh, and that's what I, I said this to Rosie Kay, who's a choreographer over here who uh, lost her dance company. And she is now a uh, she's a real she's a real tigress uh, on freedom in the arts, especially for for people who are fighting this movement. Um, and and I said to her, you know, the, the the thing they keep doing is they keep giving us stories. It's kind of a dangerous thing to give storytellers stories to tell, you know. So uh, I realized I had one, and then suddenly the whole book started to I really started to enjoy it thinking more deeply about my childhood about about my my parents and my um uh you know each aspect of, of my life and how it clicked together that became an end in itself and another weird thing that happened was was the longer i i worked on it the more i wrote it in this new structure the the happier i was becoming in my in my daily life i was actually i, I in writing the book i actually i think actually to be honest although to be fair it was when I got back into the stuff that I'm talking about the, 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 you know, trying to um, explain what I've been up to and why I've been doing it, that I just started to feel lighter in myself, happier. Uh, I, I was on, I've been on anti-anxiety medication for about six years and I came off it just, you know, in the last few months of writing the book because I was, I was enjoying it so much. Um, and yeah, it was just, yeah just give me a story to tell you know i didn't realize i had one i didn't realize i had one until i until i got that note from the publishers and uh 
And then when I realized I had one, it was great. It was like, it was just basically like coming back to my old self, you know, being who I, who I, who I really am. And, and who I really am is someone who, who loves stories, you know, I love them. Well, thank you for saying all that. And it, it makes me think about, and I don't want to take us too far in this direction, but it makes me think about, I, I think that writing a book to vindicate yourself is not the right motivation i think to tell a good story i think that what you need what sorry to lecture but i i feel for myself that what i need to do is tell a story if that story happens to vindicate myself so much the better but it's yeah. it's always the story is is primary yes um yes. and then one more thing i just want to read the first sentence of the book because that's when i knew from the first sentence, I knew I was in the hands of somebody who knows how to write, which is really important to me when I read a book. Sometime before I lost everything, I heard laughter drifting up to my office at the top of the house, a sound I could never resist. And it's just a hell of a first sentence. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, it, I mean, you drop us right into the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk about about the whole gender identity fight, but I'm wondering, so so I'm going to ask two questions. You can answer whichever one you want. One of them is, uh, it felt to me like Star Wars and Joseph Campbell formed part of the backbone of the book in terms of the, the well, so so if you agree with that, then you can go ahead and just go with that. And if you don't, let's just jump into what do you mean by gender identity? <laughs> um well, yes. I mean, I don't know. I, like, I do think Star Wars, you see, I was a little, I didn't write too much about it in the book because it's such a cliche for men of my generation to say that Star Wars uh, uh, affected them. And I, and I feel somewhat embarrassed because it's become such a money-making um, franchise with just so much wasted celluloid or whatever the digital equivalent is uh spent uh just trying to chase the star wars book um but but at the time when it came out i mean this is the thing that i didn't realize none of us realized when we were younger is that every great film we saw that just took kind of knocked us out of our shoes with its originality and its suggestion of a wider universe so, i mean star wars was, was the reason it was it was so thrilling was because it didn't just even even saying a long time ago in the galaxy far away, even that blew my mind. The idea of a science fiction film that's set like in the past <laughs> it was so extraordinary. It 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 just kind of sent uh, uh, it sent your imagination into a kind of a you know a, a, a pinball machine type of uh, 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 experience where where every, things were being lit up that you didn't even know were there. I remember the the one I mentioned in the book is the Sandmen traveling in single file to hide their numbers, you know, which is probably something Lucas got from, you know, the Sioux or someone like that. You know what I mean? It was just like he it, it just suggested a universe. And then they kind of ruined it by 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 filling out the blanks of that universe in such a way that after a while it just it, it's lost all its mystery and magic, you know. But at the time, when we first saw it, I think it was the first time that, you know, I, I repeatedly saw a film and, and 
and started to notice things like who wrote this film? Where, where did this film come from? Who directed it? Um, and and that got me into, uh, you know, a more kind of, a, I guess, cineast, is that the word? Uh, 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 appreciation for movies. Um, and so Star Wars was was the kind of birth of all that. And yeah, maybe maybe the the hero's journey, uh, the structure of it that Lucas used famously used uh, to 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 make the film, maybe that did have an effect. I never saw it, but but yes, I I know what you're saying. Yeah, the, the, there is a little bit of that structure in the book because it's a very neat thing to hero's journey, which is a fall, and then you fall to the bottom, and then through your own the, the fall happens without your effort it's just circumstances uh combined maybe with a few personal traits but then halfway through uh you know you begin to discover who you are and you start to rise up and that's the that's you know there was a little little element of that in the book <laughs> except except it kind of got all i don't know my rise was, was a little bit weird because it coincided with everything else falling apart. You know? But I certainly kind of felt that I became uh, a person who I wanted to be, which is someone who stands up for what's right, you know, uh, someone who stands up for, even if it's, even if it costs you something, you, you do the right thing, you know? Um, so yeah, maybe there's a little bit of hero's journey in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, well, I thought there was a lot in there and, um, and, and maybe that takes us into uh, the whole the subtitle "How I Made and Lost a Career in Comedy," um, or maybe it should be "Made and Lost and Made." Um, yeah. That uh, can you talk about? One of the things I try to emphasize in all of these interviews, no matter what I'm talking about, is people moving from inaction to action, and people. Uh, standing up to do the right thing no matter the cost and can you can you talk a little bit about how you ended up uh you like many of us ended up having your wikipedia page vandaled vandalized routinely um how you move from from the beloved creator of all of these sitcoms to yeah to what i am someone now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like uh, it, it, the right don't get cancelled. You know, I was a I was a very uh, uh, I was a very good lefty. You know, I ticked all the boxes, uh, Palestine, um, global warming, all that stuff. I had the opinions that were roughly agreed on somewhere uh, as being the right opinions. And then. Uh, and then there was just this uh, lump I couldn't get through. I was always very, I was always very, um, uh, I was always very convinced that the left were the, were the was the side of truth and reason and evidence and skepticism and all these things. That was that's what I thought the left was. But then this gender ideology came along, and it was anti-truth, anti-reality, anti-you know. Uh, it was magical thinking to a large extent, and um, and I just couldn't get past it. I was like, I kept kind of thinking I'd got something wrong or misunderstood something, 
like, yeah, but the, like, I remember one of the things I talk about in the book is this was a comedian guy I knew, Michael Ian Black, and I was saying to him something like, uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but so, it was something like young girls are finding their breasts, Mike, you know? And I just thought that that would make him go, what? <laughs> what are they doing? But instead he said something like, the kids are working something out, Graham, as if the kids were incredibly wise and... and that's it. Like, like I remember what the the Spinal Tap song. Listen to the flower people. It was that type of attitude, you know. And uh, and it was like, no, no, no. Hang on a second. Breast binding is is absolutely barbaric. What are you talking about? Uh, and I couldn't get over. I just I just thought I would say certain things, and everybody would go, yeah, of course this is wrong. But it never happened, especially in the uh, world of celebrity. Like these were all people who, you know, for years they they'd been, um, uh, you know, talking about progressive causes, uh, like me saying all the right things about women's rights and gay rights and all this sort of thing, and then along comes this ideology that's completely homophobic, completely misogynistic, and they're all for it, and there was no there was no I didn't see the break I didn't see where they'd all decided. Oh, we're now going to um, oppose everything we used to believe in. Like, for instance, we're going to oppose, you know, uh, single-sex basis for women. That's not that's a bit old hat, you know. We're going to put rapists in male prisons because that's kind of that's the thing now. We're 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 going that way. In women's prisons. In women's prisons, yeah. And I was like, and 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 I I I it, it took like I gosh I had about two years maybe even longer, of thinking, oh, this, surely this will now make them think twice about this. Or, so, you know, we had men going into women's prisons. There was Karen White who raped raped or sexually assaulted two women in prison. Um, uh, then there was the sports thing, which I thought anyone who even sees a photograph of what's going on in sports, going on in sports will oppose this. Um, and no, it just kept happening. And then I, I, I did that thing where I went on to um, the the lesbian dating site, Her, and I joined it just to show what was happening for real. I did it as a joke to show what was happening for real. And people were angry at me. And I was like, I was, I'm showing you what they're doing for real. They're insulting lesbians by saying they're lesbians, you know. Um, and nothing worked. Nothing talked. It was uh, it was just the most endlessly frustrating and annoying fight. And finally, I thought, I'm going to have to write a book because it's the only way, you know, there's something about a book. I've no, I've, I, I did know this. Uh, I noticed that, you know, when you write a book, you get interviewed a lot and you get like um, people take you a little bit more seriously than if you hadn't written a book. <laughs> so um, I just started kind of... Um, thinking I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go uh for it. I'm just going to um uh really take my time and make sure it's right and do a really good book. And in fact I had I actually thought of it as a two part process. I thought the book was the first thing, but the interviews would be the second thing. The interviews would be where I would because in the book there was lots of stuff about the gender critical fight that obviously couldn't get in there. Uh some of it is I call it in the weeds. You know, certain, sometimes you explain things to people and the more you explain, the more confused they get. So some of those things had to 
exit the book because really in the end that's not what the book was about the book was supposed to be a memoir so i just thought okay I, I i won't worry about that i'll just save it for the interviews and in the interviews i really um uh i'll go for it and i'll 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 just try and ensure that people understand what's going on you know so um yeah sorry i can't remember what your question was derek so i i don't know if i've answered it <laughs> i hope i have no it's that's all that's all great and um i guess what what one question that that i i think i have is um what what was the process like of uh deciding well i'll I'll tell a quick story that my introduction to the to the gender identity ideology was really uh there's an organization that i helped found and we were having a little conference and some guy by the name of julie said that he wanted to come to it and he's he's a guy wearing a dress said he wanted to come to it and we said sure and he said uh what accommodations will be made and i said well you'll stay you know if if, when it was over the weekend you'll so you'll sleep in the men's area and uh you will um you you'll sleep in the men's area and uh we'll call you julie but we're not going to call you her i know that's very reasonable it's like and he wrote back immediately and said, I hope you die of Crohn's disease. And <laughs> yeah, that sounds like them, all right. <laughs> uh and it 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 just it didn't it's like, well, I'm kind of glad you didn't come. Um <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't uh so so what was your what what I'm getting at, which doesn't have to do with the story, I guess what I'm getting at is there are a lot of people who, if I can use a fairly harsh word, have been pretty craven on this. And there are a lot of people. What happens to all of us is we're given the choice of shut up or lose your career. Mm. That happens to, I mean, between the two of us, you and I could probably name 20 people who have taken the courageous choice and have had their careers significantly harmed. Yeah. Um, can you talk about I have one more thing to throw in and then I'm going to just let you go wherever you want with it, which is I've always remembered this line that I heard. I read in some writer's interview 30 years ago or 40 years ago of um, the devil comes promising a larger audience. And um, it's either that or the devil come. I mean, our version of that is the devil comes promising that if you don't agree, you're going to have your career destroyed. Yes. Yes. So can you talk about the courage or non-courage or the process? For me, I, I sorry, I'll just say one more thing, which is for me, it was never really a choice that I think there's something kind of wrong with me that I can't, I just have to go wherever the analysis leads me and I'm too stupid to uh, to shade it to um, help my career. And I have been from the beginning. So yes. I'm always sort of putting my foot in it. And so I think there's, I think there's just something kind of kind of wrong with me that has has made it so I end up in the in this mess. Um so what is yeah. it about you? What's wrong with you, Graham? <laughs> but it's exactly the same thing, you know. I, I I don't think of it as courage because uh for me it just seemed like a a version of common sense. It's like, well, 
obviously if if women are being hurt if if lesbians are being harassed if if women are losing their livelihoods for opposing all of this if children are are, are being surgically uh, mutilated and and chemically mutilated and sterilized then obviously well you know very simple simple answer of course you fight it of course you do but i, I kind of didn't count on on my friends and uh people in the business being either deliberately stupid about it and pretending they don't realize the issues or genuinely not not understanding the issues and refusing to grasp them you know i often say that this 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 movement would not be able to survive if it wasn't for kind of obtuseness you know a deliberate stupidity um uh it, it would it would it would fail if 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 it wasn't for people who are prepared to pretend to be stupid you know when you say like men shouldn't be in women's sports that's not a confusing point of view that's not a you don't really need to debate that it's it's very very clearly true and uh it's very very clearly um uh it it doesn't it does you just need to be a thinking human being to know that it's true you know and for some reason they're just they're, all the thinking human beings pretended they weren't thinking human beings and there were all these people who i had worked with for my whole life who i really looked up to that's one thing that's taking a blow uh, taking a uh taking uh, this would be an interesting thing to talk about in, in further at some point derek but my whole concept of the idea of there being cool people has taken a real taken a real kind of kick you know i i used to all the people i used to work with amanda yanucci chris morris uh they, they were the guys behind the day today who i just thought were just geniuses and you know none of them have said anything you know they're just letting it happen and it's um it's uh it's it's I didn't think I would need to be brave. I didn't think I would need to take a stand. I thought that, oh, once they hear that kids are being hurt, they'll they'll be all on board. But no, every single person I spoke about, gosh, it's, it's like talking to, it's like trying to, um, it's try, it's like trying to catch water with a fork. You simply, they simply cannot. You, I couldn't even understand where they were coming from. By the, the end of the conversation would happen, and I'd go home, and I just, I really would be like, "What just happened? What? Why didn't? Why didn't they? You know, immediately go, oh my God, what can we do? What can we do to help? How can I use my, my voice to help?" But no, never happened. Never happened. And I guess I just kind of, I took an early bet on people being decent and thoughtful and political and and uh understanding uh you know and not complicated issue it's not a complicated issue it's a very simple issue um and they all they all let me down you know not a single person the only person as i as i say in the book the only person who stood by me was an actor who was in my first sitcom paris james dreyfus his name was and it is and uh you know he stood next to me and and he he he's basically not worked in six years you know and i couldn't even get like people like you know my old writing partner author you know he worked he 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 did paris uh but he doesn't seem to care about about what happened to james um and i i just couldn't get people to care uh and i still i still find it extraordinary that i just 
can't get people to care about this. You know, it's like I just I just don't get it. it. Like like for me, it's a basic thing. Children when children are being hurt, you know, especially if like a lot of my colleagues, you have a daughter, you know, or you have a son. It's like don't they don't they want to be a a a, a notable voice for 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 the doing the right thing and the answer is no no one does so I, I i wouldn't i never thought of it as bravery it was it was completely accidental it stumbled into it and i i just kept thinking oh someone will see someone will help soon someone will come along and uh you know kind of rescue me rescue me from this no no livelihood no friends uh my my reputation and my name completely destroyed by the media. Some will be alone, and it just never happened. Just never happened. See that? I that's where I get. That's where I go back to the Star Wars thing. Is you know Luke Skywalker is just sort of hanging out on the planet, minding his own business when, um, you know there is to use Joseph Campbell's language the call. Yes. Yes. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much into the weeds we want to get on this, but I I keep wondering, I mean, I know some, well, one thing we can ask is what's gone wrong with the left, but I, 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 I know some pretty smart people who I don't, I don't really understand in the, in the, the publishing business, I don't really understand if they're being obtuse or opportunistic and, or if they really believe this stuff, I guess there's three possibilities. A, they're true believers. And I know a couple, I think who actually are, who actually do believe in gender identity and believe that, that there is this sort of, that, that there are gendered souls. And so, mm. so that that's one possibility. Another possibility is they recognize that they can publish and sell books that are on that topic and they will be have their lives destroyed if they don't. Mm -hmm. And then that's the opportunistic. And then the third is those who might uh, just not want their careers destroyed. I guess those are the three possibilities I see for a lot of us. Yeah. Did you mention the one where they literally just don't know about it? I mean, that's what I find the most extraordinary thing is people who are able to create a uh, information silo uh, to to such an extent that they literally don't know what's happening. I think that's actually more people than we realize. You know, uh, you know the same way. Well, I feel that way about a lot of issues on the left and the right. You know, like I feel like um, my, uh, you know, I crafted. I didn't do it deliberately, but I crafted a, a Twitter feed of journalists and and uh, commentators who were basically all just reading from the same script. You know, and as soon as uh, I got um, monstered and, and, and they came after my career, I suddenly thought, well, hang on a sec. If they're lying about me, what else are they lying about? And so I started looking into issues a little bit more deeply. I stopped uh, treating right wing or conservative people as if they were evil people who just wanted to destroy humanity. Uh, and. Uh, and yeah, I, I kind of um, broadened out the way I thought about things and thought about things a little bit more deeply, you know. But uh, up until then, 
up until I was personally destroyed, I think I just went along too much. I think I, and, and I, I can see why that's an attractive thing to do. You know, I can see why people do it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's very much path of least resistance, you know? So I don't know if this is, I don't know much about UK politics, but, um, I know so many old school lefties in the United States who now, uh, use the phrase politically homeless yes um yes because we we certainly don't agree with and 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 also i've talked to so many people who think that the terms left and right are becoming increasingly uh (laughs) yeah useless um because there are some issues in which i agree with right-wing people and some issues i agree with left-wing people and and it's not so clear cut as and i don't know how much of that is because i'm i'm older and we one hopes become a bit more nuanced as one ages or or how much of it is because the left has gone completely bonkers well i think the left has gone completely bonkers i think that's the that's something that you know like my 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 I feel I feel it's a shame in a way because you know it's almost like a, a, a it's almost like a um, rites of passage thing that you go through a period of being very left wing, um, uh, believing in all these you know very much kind of closed fist held up that type of politics, um, and it's been kind of robbed I think from this generation because it's kind of uh, there's so much nonsense associated with it, so much dangerous stuff associated with it that. You can't even rebel without without ending up in crazy town. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's a shame. It's a shame that that left wing politics has gone so so mad. Because uh, you know, I think it's a and I think you know it kind of suits. It, it does suit being young. It does suit being young um, uh, left wing politics. You know, and a slightly a slightly um, what you might call I don't know revolutionary. Uh, uh, outlook on life, you know, it suits it. Uh, so I feel it's a shame that that this version of leftism that exists is, you know, as we now know, incredibly anti-Semitic. The, you know, whatever you think about about Palestine and so on, the the reaction to um, uh, to uh, 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 October seventh from supposed progressives has been disgusting. Nothing less than disgusting, you know. Complete like shrug at 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 over a thousand civilians killed in one go in one go. Uh, uh, you know, I often when I see people talking about the the quote unquote genocide that the Israelis are committing, I I always now take their username and put it into an advanced search and see what they tweeted on October seventh. Uh, you know, and it's always exactly what you'd expect. They either don't didn't tweet at all. Or they or they tweeted something along the lines of Israel has been setting the conditions for this for years. Never never a word of sympathy for the kidnapped uh, women, for the raped women, for the for the executed children. You know, so yeah, I just think that the left is is gone from what I thought was like a kind of default moral authority. You know. It kind of isn't it crazy to think that I, I think that to something that's um, 
a lot darker, a lot more interested in power. You know, the left, like, like one of my theories, you were talking about English politics, but one of my, one of my theories about this whole thing is that um, when Trump won and when, and when Brexit happened, uh, a lot of people on the left uh, kind of went crazy. And uh, they, they realized that they did not have any political power. Or economic power, they could not actually. The, the the vast majority of people who were voting completely rejected them. So they decided to create the, this little fiefdom, where things like pronouns, uh, preferred pronouns, uh, were suddenly the law of the land. And uh, I just think that the 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 kind of trying to force people to say she, her, when you're talking about a man, is an exercise of very frustrated power do you know what i mean we couldn't we, we can't exercise power over the the, the the majority so we'll exercise power over this academic who like jordan peterson who used preferred pronouns or we'll or we'll exercise power over this comedy writer or this or this extremely successful billionaire children's author we'll exercise power over her you know and uh so yeah i think that the i think what happened recently is that the 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 especially preferred pronouns and everything that goes along with it is is like a is evidence of of the sheer um impotence of the left you know in the face of of populism and straight shooters like 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 trump you know not that not that trump is a straight shooter but you know what i mean he has the he has the uh, appearance of a straight shooter to a lot of people and no wonder because everyone else is lying you know when you when you call a man by a female pronoun, you just lie. So so no wonder people were 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 getting frustrated and angry and, and upset, you know. Um, people are lying to their faces. Anyway, yes. No, no, I think that I think it's that's that's really great, and it 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 ties to something that I've thought. In fact, you articulate it much better than something I've been thinking for quite a while, which is that um, when the left has given up on. I mean, the world's being killed and environmentalism is complete failure. Uh, mm -hmm. Stopping global warming is complete failure. And uh, economic disparity, which was a classic old lefty thing, that's a complete failure. The, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. Mm -hmm. So if you can't if you can't make any changes on those and the, the Democrats, at least in the United States, have pretty much for the last 30 years given up any pretense of of worrying about the poor so if you're not going to work about any of those well at least we can get graham linehan canceled so <laughs> solidarity brother we we yeah. did something yeah 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 that's what it is that's what it is the impotence it's, it's basically uh all these cancellations are, are basically an expression of the left's impotence and and the fact that they often and or i would say 99 percent of the time happen to left-wing people is 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 the purest sign of how pathetic it is you know if the only people you can exercise power over are people who are ostensibly on your side then you know you're not really trying you know have you read eric hoffer derek uh, uh, he I, wrote a, a book called the true believer so this is the most embarrassing thing i have ever said <laughs> in an interview okay a no i have not and b in i think 2008 i won the eric hoffer award 
Oh, really? That's brilliant. Well, listen, I, re I, I read, I've been reading um, The True Believer recently, which is him looking at the, uh, the commonalities between various mass movements. Uh, and, and, he, and he covers a very wide sweep uh, uh, from Christianity to communism to um, French Revolution, you know, and, uh, and he talks about there being two stages. One is the active stage, which is revolutionary. And, you know, in, in Nazi Germany, it would have been things like Kristallnacht and, and all the kind of uh, um, acts of terrorism that led up to the Nazis achieving power and so on. Um, and in Christianity, you know, it's like he makes a very interesting point at one point where he says, um, Jesus said, uh, you know, I shall I shall uh, I shall pit husband against wife, father against son. Um, and uh, he points out that all of these all of these movements, they often um, uh, uh, do that. They often aim for the family first. And of course, we know that gender ideology one of the major things it does is uh destroys families you know it, it creates uh havoc uh within families um and uh yeah so it was written in 1953 but it could have been written yesterday and it could have been written about this you know he even there's even a chapter talking about misfits he says you know misfits are very um are very uh much part of um, uh, any any kind of uh, revolutionary movement like this, you know, they like 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 you know, and all and and it's also interesting. We always notice that there's a lot of people who um, who end up who 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 are crossdressers or whatever, and they often tend to be in the army. Have you ever noticed this? They're often ex they're ex military, you know, and uh, he points out that you know. The, the, there was a great recruiting drive from after the First World War from disappointed and, and kind of feckless um, uh, uh, military people, you know. So it's like it's like there's so many things that this movement uh, that track, you know. Uh, uh, but 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 what this movement doesn't have is. Uh, any kind of stable basis it's all based as you as you said in your in your uh uh in your in your jeopardy video uh queer theory jeopardy it's all based on a bunch of perverts making stuff up as they go along you know and and actually kind of um uh actually kind of simply creating a a uh philosophy that's based on their desire to have sex with who they want to have sex with even if it's children you know so it's got everything except a stable, you know, philosophy, something that you can actually hang on to. So I think that locally, unlike unlike National Socialism or something like that, I don't think we're going to go through the other stages. Although, having sorry, actually, I, I tell a lie. One thing it did do, which which is extraordinary success, extraordinarily successfully, did this extraordinarily success, is it reached the bureaucratic stage without the need for violence or no there is sorry i keep correcting myself there has been violence of course and and the, and they do enforce their rules through violence and so on but there was no kind of mass violent like uh push uh they just somehow took over bureaucracy 
without actually anyone really being aware of it, you know? Um, and so it's an amazing, I think it's an amazing kind of movement because it skipped, it skipped a period or it skipped a stage that uh, does seem to be common to all these movements, you know? Yeah, well, sorry, what were you going to say? I'm rambling a bit, so excuse me. Oh, no, no, I think this is fabulous stuff. Um, the, one of the, one of the things that concerns me a lot about this movement is the way that it has completely captured um, means of communication. Um, mm. The press is is captured such that um, I mean, it's just it's routine. You, you or I, or anybody else could probably um, find three examples or four examples or five examples a week of some guy who sexually assaults a woman and it's reported in the newspaper as a woman. Yes. Um, and uh, by the way, just as a parenthetical comment, this might be a good time for you to uh, promote Glinner. Um, yeah. The, 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 well, actually I was thinking that the Substack, like the war on women. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think update. Yeah. people need to know about that. Can you can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah, well, you know, the only way I the only I went from having a fairly good income writing TV stuff to it just disappeared from underneath me. And uh, ever since then, I've been uh, I have a sub stack that that is basically my only form of income. And yeah, I've been using that to kind of track uh, various outrages. Like we have there's so many that happen that with that I have a friend now who who does a weekly roundup of everything that happens because I just couldn't be on top of everything. So, uh, so yeah, and it's all free. We, we make it completely voluntarily, voluntary, uh, if people pay, um, and we just remind people every so often that, you know, we, we, it's, we need to, we need to get people to take out paid subscriptions so we can, we can survive and keep going. So, uh, uh, so yeah, it's 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 my it's my return to journalism. Not something I ever thought I would I would I would have to do. But another one of the big problems with this fight. In fact, I'm just about to release a piece on how the BBC are are expressing this debate. Um, is that journalists aren't doing their jobs? You know, uh, when you see stories that are that just make your jaw drop, and no one is covering it, then again. You know feels like I have to do it, you know? I know it's, this just kills me that I, I don't, if I were a journalist, I could not report. There's a guy in Canada who was just released for child porn. I was just released from prison being in child porn or in prison because he had child porn yeah. and sexually abused children. And then he was reported as a woman. And then he got arrested like a week later with child porn on his new computer when he got out. And, and it's all, it's all, I don't remember what Jessica or something. It's all presented as this woman. I, I couldn't do it as a journalist. And one more thing I want to say about this is that um, I was a high jumping coach when I was in my twenties and uh, I had a national, one of my jumpers was a national champion. I had six all Americans. I was a very good high jumping coach. And if one of my female jumpers would have had to jump against a male, I would have been kicked out of every meet because yeah. It was my job to protect my athletes. And I would have told my jumpers, you go ahead and jump. Your job is to jump as high as you can. That's it. And yeah. it's my job to take care of you. And I am, 
frankly appalled at all the athletic directors and coaches and parents who aren't getting themselves kicked out of every meet or every swim yeah. meet, every track meet. Um, that's the coach's job to go out there and scream until you get carried away by the security. Yeah, well, you've seen like uh, the, this story. I don't, I can't remember where, where it took, take, took place. Melody Wisehart, do you know this this person? Melody Wisehart is a 50-year-old man who is swimming with teenage girls. Showering, and, by the way. Yeah, yeah, like in their changing rooms. And, and, and what I found extraordinary, I saw, uh, I know they're a very right-wing outfit, but thank God someone's covering it. But Rebel News went to the... Um, went to the one of the meets and, and kicked up a kicked up a, a, a scene. Um there are all these people who are just, you know, saying we're calling the police and so on. And and I, I and what was fascinating about it, it remind, it, it, I always think of a film, a documentary, I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight, which is about a family who got targeted by a groomer. Um and if you if you if you're thinking of watching it, these definitely count as spoilers because every moment, every moment I'm about to say blows the top of your head off. But he seduced the mother, and then he seduced the father, and yet even though they both like had these experiences with him, they trusted him so much that when he said, "I want to go on holiday with your daughter for a week," they said, "Okay, right." So I think of that when I see these people around Melody, fucking even his name, Melody Wiseheart. I mean, unbelievable. Every aspect of this is unbelievable. But um, you see these people, and and you remember that groomers they don't just groom the child; they groom the society around the child. You know, in this case, uh, everybody at that swim meet who just seems to be letting it happen. There was a whole crowd of people there. And the only people kicking up a fuss are this, you know, uh, uh, notoriously right-wing uh, TV channel. Uh, so, so, so they're the only ones who've been immune because they're they're on the right. They're the only ones who've been uh, who are immune to being groomed, which is what ha- has happened to every single other person at these swim meets, you know. So. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how we got into that, but 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 I do. That's why I always think, you know, I used to. I one of the things I regularly get into trouble for is using the term grooming. But as a writer, you know, I, I have a great respect for words, and that is the perfect word. That is the word for it. It's happening on so many levels, happening on interpersonal levels. It's happening on on, on society wide levels. It's grooming, you know. So. Um, uh, so yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a very useful word when it comes to understanding this issue. So we only have a couple of minutes left, and yeah, um, can you? How do you think? Okay, do you think? I want you to prognosticate. What's the future hold? Um, do you think that the? I tend to believe that the gender identity movement is going to go the way of the lobotomy, and that yes, um or satanic panic that it will it will uh it will die down in in a while um what do you think what how, and 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 what will be its downfall well i think the 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 obvious downfall is the detransitioners as as we've always been saying that the 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 court cases the 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 legal actions and the um 
punishments that these doctors receive will will have a real chilling effect. Uh unlike things like the I mean satanic panic didn't it didn't kind of spread as far. It seemed contained because the internet wasn't around. So it seemed contained to these certain places middle America um uh, it didn't seem to escape those places but this is this is a much bigger like so many people have completely beclowned themselves on this issue the un has been you know tricked into the, into into going along with all this stuff that i think it's going to be a little bit harder to walk it back you know i'm i'm actually a little bit nervous about the ability of people to face up to what they've done and whether they might actually dig in um, Helen Joyce made a very good point that the worst example of this is uh, the uh, the parents of trans of so-called trans kids. They're the ones who are going to fight like cornered rats, you know, because like they are responsible for you know destroying their their kids' health, and they will never admit to that because I think that you know a lot of them probably love their kids very much. But they, they, so it's going to be even harder for them to face what they've done. So I think it will end, but I do think it's going to be a lot bloodier than something like the satanic panic. I think there's, there's unfortunately a lot more kind of um, scars to be had, you know, in this fight. Uh, this is probably not the best thing to end on, but do you think, uh, <laughs> do you think that, that you or I will get our careers back? <laughs> oh god oh god derek i'd hate to i hope yours i'm sure yours is safe because you're in a different world i think you'll get that oh uh, no no i've had i've had multiple publishers sever their relationship with me sure but i still um, think that you know well i don't know i don't know it's hard to know it's hard to know you know, a lot of people won't like 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 a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with me, not because uh, I was right or wrong on this issue, but because, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a noisy person to know. There's a lot of stuff flying around me. And even if I'm proved completely vindicated, that stuff will still be flying around me. I'll still be attached to this, to this incredibly tumultuous argument, you know. So, but I think, yeah, that, but, yeah, but you're well, really funny and you're really talented. So, I mean, well, this is this is one of the things that kills me is that for crying out loud, Roman Polanski was able to continue making movies, mm. and you know we can we can look at a whole list of Woody Allen for crying out loud, and mm -hmm. you know all sorts of people, and and yet this is the one that's the third rail when. You know, we didn't actually do anything wrong. We just had opinions. For God's sake, right or having an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it's this, what can you say? It's just, it's, 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 I, my big thing, and I often, I often talk about this, is that we just weren't ready for the internet. We weren't ready for the internet. It created mob rule. It created mob rule in a way that you could still have governments and stuff like that, but mob rule would be like a, another arm of power and uh and we never we never came to terms with it we never we never said hey what should we do to make sure that the mob doesn't have too much power because we didn't expect it as a as a as a as fallout from the internet you know so i feel like that conversation still needs to be had 
I think that you and I should have that conversation next time. I think that's great. And for I'm suggesting this for real. I think that's a really important conversation. Last thing. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Uh, last thing. Uh, promote your book one more time. Oh yeah, it's called Tough Crowd: How I Made a Lost Career in Comedy, and uh, you can buy it in the states and uh, uh, everywhere right now, really. So um, yeah, a good present, a good present, I think, for anyone who likes the IT crowd or Father Ted or Black Books. Really, it is a really good book. Thank you so um, much, Derek. So, well, thank you for your work in the world. And uh, I would like to thank listeners for listening. My guest today has been Graham Linehan. This is Derek Jensen for Resistance Radio on the Progressive Radio Network.